Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast filmed on this very epic election day. I'm Dr. Megan Monday, and I am interviewing the one and only Mags. So Mags, give us a brag intro. I'm sure lots of people already know you, but let's go ahead and hear all the good things about you. Oh my gosh, a brag, 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 brag. Um, well, I brag all the time, but it's hard every single time that I brag to <laughs> brag. You know, maybe it's just the third child in me that I just feel uncomfortable shining the spotlight on myself. And people are like, but you're always in the spotlight. I'm like, but it's not easy. So <laughs> I brag that I am showing the fuck up for my company this week, even though I don't feel like it. I am bragging that um, I am back in the cycle where I'm like wanting to just go work at a bank instead of be an entrepreneur. And I am not, I am not going to fill out applications for a bank, which I'm not qualified for. So I'm bragging that I'm continuing to commit and decide every day that I, um, that I'm choosing this and this is choosing me. And this is what ultimately will give me the most happiest that I can truly find in life. And even though it's very stressful and very hard at times, I brag that I know deep in my heart and my soul and my pussy that entrepreneurship and being a digital queen is meant for me. Um, I also brag business aside that I have like the steamiest fucking love life and romantic life. <laughs> And you may have heard some snippets about it, but it's, it's my Hollywood story. I have a story, uh, I'm creating a series about my um, feminist sexual awakening, non-monogamy, non-binary love story. And that is the story that I'm living right now. And it's a total fucking dream. And it is all um, completely pussified. The same energy that we're all on in our businesses. It's what I did to focus on my marriage and my love life um, last year and just decided what do I actually want? And I finally started what I actually want, allowing it to come to me. So I brag that I am a magnet for the things that I want now. I no longer go out and chase. I allow them to come to me. That's so needed because I really feel like the divine feminine revolution is about like doing whatever the fuck we want and like rewriting the rules. Um, going for it. And again, like you said, allowing it to come. So tell me like, were you always this way or give us like a little shot of the before mags? Like what has your journey been to get here? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I've always been this person, but like just 
slathered under layers of self-doubt of feeling like I was too much. I was told I was too much and too loud. My laugh was too loud. My voice was too loud. I was too much. I um, also wasn't enough. I thought that I wasn't worthy of anything. I thought that I couldn't have these big dreams. I mean, I have always had huge fucking dreams since I was a little kid and they've always been too big for everyone around me. And so I just thought there was a problem with me and my dreams instead of a problem with other people and what they feel about my own dreams. Um, yeah, I just didn't feel safe to be myself. I didn't feel like I could even show up on the internet, but I couldn't show up even in my closest relationships up until a year ago. I wasn't even showing my husband the deepest, most vulnerable parts of myself and my family and my best friends. So it's been a huge personal revolution that I've gone on over, I would say the past year and a half or so since I hooked up to this, this pussy energy, whatever we're calling this, this divine feminine revolution that I've been marching right along to for the past year and a half. But yeah, before that, I mean, I was people pleaser to the max queen of the shoulds, doing the right thing. I stayed in a career in nonprofit, in animal welfare for 10 years. I wanted to leave so many times, but then, you know, my dad would say, oh, but it's just the best job. Oh, this is just such a nice thing you're doing. And oh, you're so good at it, right? All of the things. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll stay in this job. I hate for five more years so that my dad can think I have a nice job or whatever, whatever the thing is, right? But I, I was just ruled by other people's expectations of me and my perception of other people's expectations of me also. And it wasn't until I started to realize that I could give myself my own permission slips for things that I started to just that process of just like chipping away of the like cinder block shell of shoulds that I had been living in. I just one day picked up my little um, Shawshank Redemption hammer and just started (laughs) chipping away at that outside shell. Yeah. And how did you kind of find the courage to come out with like who you are and, you know, the deepest, like more intimate, vulnerable, kind of edgy stuff? I know. Cause now I talk about like squirting on visible <laughs> AF. I'm like, <laughs> how did I, I mean, really bit by bit, like I had this deep feeling inside of me that like I was meant for massive impact and to reach so many people and that I I knew things and I had these truths inside of me that I knew would speak to so many people. And so every day just showing up and what's the scary thing that I can do today? Does that feel like scary? Yes, I can do it or scary. No, I'll die. And if it was was like scary, no, I'll die. Still, sometimes that was like, no, I probably still can do that. Um, And just going for what was scary. And I had never, I had avoided fear. I mean, fear was my primary operating system for the first 33 years of my life, but I still was trying to avoid it everywhere too. I was feeling it and avoiding it. Um, And then I started facing it and going for it and knowing that like, it feels scary, but it just feels scary because I haven't been able to express that part of myself before and I haven't been safe. So like, had I a year and a half ago when I first left my job showed up talking about you know tantra or whatever on visible app that would have been like so out of my nervous system (laughs) like there's no way I could have felt comfortable with that I mean in fact I think I was a lurker in visible app for two years before I even posted anything (laughs) 
Um, but it had to be just bit by bit every, every day, whatever it was. Um, and one example, I mean, this is all about visibility and all about expanding it. Yes, my business, but also my creative side and my relationships and my sexual journey and my family journey and, you know, all of these pieces. Um, last summer I had a friend who was making music and I loved his music. And I just had this vision of him like producing with Dr. Dre and me singing. And I told him that I wasn't a singer at the point. I had like never sung before. And he's like, Oh my gosh, send me a sample of you singing and I can put it in some of my music. And I was like, Oh no, not now. I mean, much later down the road when I, um, you know, know how to sing, but you know how to sing by learning how to do that scary stuff. Like you're never going to be in front of that 10,000 audience until you're sending your one friend, one voice memo of yourself, like whatever that scariest thing is. So I, rec- I think I recorded it seven times and like picked the best one, which I still hated. And I sent it to him and I was like full on meltdown, scared mode of just sending him one line of a song. But that was that first step that I needed in order to start on that path. And music music was calling me and it was calling me and I was afraid of it. And so going into that fear allowed me to explore that. And soon after that, the ukulele came into my life with a sexy new musician lover to play with. And now, I mean, I play at all of my paid offerings at Dance for the Revolution. I play on here all the time. I go to the park in San Francisco and play music. And it's like a total dream. The things that I was so afraid of even a few months ago now because I've been practicing them bit by bit, tiny bit by tiny bit have become easier. I always tell my clients like good news, bad news about fear. Like the good news is, is it's totally curable. The bad news is, is you just like do the thing that's scary. It's <laughs> <laughs> like when we're in avoidance, it just like, it keeps you like caged in by the fear and it gives you like that temporary relief, but then you don't get the payoff of like seeing your visions come to life. It's yes. so gratifying. Absolutely. Yeah. Living like kind of in the fear bumpers, like not mm-hmm. doing the things because you're trying to avoid the fear. It just creates like such a small life and such a small existence. I know. And I think each time I push that edge and I do something more visible, more risky on the internet, or even if it doesn't go well and I get like backlash about it, I'm yeah. like, okay, well that was humiliating, but like now I'm not scared to be humiliated anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> like they're shame busters. Exactly. I know you talk a lot about the patriarchy. So like, let's do a little dish on the patriarchy, especially on today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so much of what you're talking about, you know, you're talking about your own inner experience, but I think so much of that is programmed into us from yeah. the patriarchy. So like, riff on that for a little bit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially it became more clear to me when I became a mother because the the rules for women of the patriarchy, I was just like, okay, yes, that's what I'll do. My value is in how I look. I should be having sex with the people that want to have sex with me. Like, here are my rules. Okay, yep, signed up for duty. Everyone told me my whole life. Here I am. I'm a good little student of the patriarchy. <laughs> and then motherhood came and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to keep track of everyone's doctor's appointments and know exactly pack the bag every time and keep a charge of like do the mental load for the whole family, the emotional load, all of the housework and have a job like no fucking way. (laughs) And so it was within motherhood and parenthood that I started building (laughs) (laughs) on cue. Max, where's your baby? Turning my monitor off. Um, I started building from day one, even before day one. (laughs) Uh, She's in a good mood. That's great. Um, This 
this 50-50, which, you know, 50-50 is kind of triggering to people, but I'll call it 50-50 parenthood. And um, I'm, I stay home more with Posey. So it's, you know, I have more childcare than that, but our cohesive house divide is 50-50. And that was like the first time that I was like, oh, we can just we can do what we want. Like, I don't have to do what they told me about motherhood. I, we don't have, we can just like completely flip this on its head and do exactly what we want. Um, so I started chipping away at that of the shoulds of motherhood. And um, the more that I chipped away at it, the more I just saw it for what it was. It's like, you remove one thing you're like, fuck that. I'm not holding the mental load. Like here's a way that we can split up the mental load. Um, do you know Eve Rodsky and fair play? Mm-mm. it's this um she's brilliant she wrote this whole book on um dividing up the household duties and there's a card game that goes with it so that people who you can divide up your household duties in like you know if someone's doing laundry it's not just like putting the laundry away it's like gathering up the laundry doing it folding it and then putting it away or if you're in charge of like cookies for school it's like knowing when it is it's like the implementation and the mental load that goes with it so Um, It's this brilliant card game that is helping people like get to that 50-50 place in their family. That's so Um, great because, you know, my laundry basically just like never makes it out of the laundry basket. (laughs) (laughs) So like that whole second thing (laughs) does not happen usually. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know, I like to kind of call it sometimes like the empath's curse. And I think women were sort of like programmed to be relational. And so it's like, this hit me hard with motherhood as well. Sort of like, I got to take care of everybody else so that I'll be okay. And it's such like backwards logic. And so what I like to say is just like prioritizing your own pleasure, you know, and like taking care of yourself first, which shouldn't be that revolutionary, but obviously as we know, it's totally revolutionary. It is. Yeah. The people come with their pitchforks when you say that you should put yourself first as a mom. (laughs) But I'm like, bring them. I'm not afraid of pitchforks. I'm going to go relax. We yeah, in those I mean, past lives involving the pitchforks. Yeah, there were a lot of pitchforks, apparently. <laughs> Been there, done this that. Not right? my first pitchfork scenario, folks. <laughs> yeah, I oh. saw like a live that you were doing, and they were you were talking about like where's the baby? People kept asking you like, yes. where's the baby? Where's the baby? Yes. Like with their other parent. <laughs> yes, the other person, and they, someone even asked me like, is your mom there helping? I'm like just think for a moment, like if Brent was somewhere and people were like, where's your baby? Oh, is Maggie's dad here helping? Or is your dad there helping Maggie with the baby? It's like, if you just switch the the questions that women get and men get and pretend it's the other gender getting asked it, it's just like, what the fuck? No, no man has literally ever been asked, where's your baby? Even on the way home from the hospital, if they're not near their baby, right? Like what the fuck? Yeah, it's amazing when you turn on its head like that, how just uh, archaic and like, you know, just absurd that it sounds. And yet we get asked those kind of things all the time. All the time. Um, So I love that you're kind of like opening your relationship and exploring, um, you know, life, queer life. Like, tell me Mm -hmm. all about how did you kind of break the shackle? Well, and I don't know how exactly you define it, but like, how did you widen the definition of marriage to really go for what you want in that arena? Yeah, that one. It's funny because that had been calling me for a long time. And I remember um, my best friend and I were sitting on a on her front porch in Venice like um, five years ago. So before I had a kid and we both realized that like our biggest fear was that we were going to cheat on our husbands. 
And I was like, what is this fear? And I just like, I was like, I just know I'm going to fall in love again, like more times than have already happened. And so like in my monogamy binary, I was like, well, then that means I have to cheat on my husband, right? Or get divorced or whatever. But like, I had that um, in there. And then slowly the universe, you know, my pussy desired more love and the universe kept showing me like through stories or through tv shows that i was watching with my husband's like it it just my husband it just like kept coming up and we started talking about it and um i mean it's a whole thing but we just he was on the same page as me like i was the one pushing it but we like slowly started to tiptoe out of monogamy with like First, I had a hall pass for women, which I had never been with women. And I was like, still not, didn't cash in on it. But I was like, I have a hall pass for women. I can, this will get me. I'm satiated for two years. Like I, I could go make out or have sex with a woman if I wanted to right now. <laughs> and like that allowed me the freedom to just like breathe a little bit. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I really, I feel like there's like men. I feel like it is men that I want to fall in love with more. Um, and we like opened up for making out We're like okay we can make out with people like that's fine that's not like an emotional thing um and at that time I had gone to this retreat and there were men and it was like the first time I had been at a retreat or anything with men in a long time I had then at that moment realized oh I've been avoiding men for 15 years completely out of like my deep-rooted fear and trauma around men weird interesting <laughs> um and that allowed me to just like start healing that man wound. Again, a thing that I didn't even know that I had, thought I was fine, had to heal that man wound. And as I was healing that and finally opening myself up energetically just to men as humans on the planet, not just like complete avoid all the, all the time, um, I realized it was like the fear came from my fear of saying no to men and something that I had had such a hard time with my whole life. I've been trained to not say no to men, right. To give men what they want. And, um, I'm a fetishized person as a red hair, like creeps love me. So I have had a lot of creeps in my life. And, um, that, so my experience like has taught me that it's not safe to be around men because they're going to want something from you sexually. And then you're going to have to say no, and then you won't feel comfortable saying no or whatever. Right. So that whole worm thing. I had to heal that. And once I healed that, um, this amazing human that I had been looking for for so long was able to find his way into my life. And now I've been dating him for a year and my relationship with my husband has just like only expanded and gotten so deep and so beautiful. And the things that I've realized through dating someone new, I haven't dated someone in 13 years since I was 20 too. <laughs> so it's like a whole different ball game. Um, but through dating someone new, I was able to like, see that there were so many ways that I was holding back from my husband. And I had this fear of intimacy and fear of men and, um, resentment towards men sexually that I'd been keeping and holding in this relationship with my husband that was keeping us distance too. So it really took this other relationship for me to be able to examine, the one that I already had. And yeah, it's been, there's like, you know, I could go on for three days about the whole process, but. Uh, I so much because I work with so many clients and I think what people don't recognize about Polly is that like people really have to have like exquisite communication and trust and intimacy. And I think mm -hmm. that people have this like misnomer that it's um, 
taking away from the intimacy yeah. and what you can say from your experiences that like it's deepened it in such a oh my way. god so much and there was so much going at default mode that had been with my husband we've been together for 12 years and once I had like learned how to be in a new relationship as this like fully expressed mm-hmm. like you know, enlightened being that I am now at 35, I was able to like take this person back to my relationship with my husband. And then also with him in the dating world, I'm able to see him through the eyes of someone else dating him for the first time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's such a catch. I love him so much. He's so sexy. I like have new eyes for him. It's just been, it's been amazing. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what happens when pussy power comes into your life is like, you never yeah. know what's going to happen next because like she wants what she wants, right? Yep, <laughs> she sure does. Now I'm just like, all right, pussy, where are we going? All right, take me. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I love that view because I really like always am like, on a podcast, sweetheart. <laughs> no way, mommy's podcasting. <laughs> I've got my mine home too. Yep. Um, so, you know, I think it, it may seem like I sort of kind of affectionately jokingly call my like coaching, diving into coaching and like dropping 30 K as like my sort of like midlife crisis. And yet it has been like such a huge, like awakening and so powerful yeah. in every sense of the word. And it really does like, instead of, you know, maybe like a man version stereotypically of like buying a motorcycle, like my husband yeah. did, or like, you know, a fancy yeah. car or something like that like just like investing in experiences with women has been so powerful and surrounding yourself with like amazing strong incredible you know patriarchy busting divine feminine uh, people is like just like the most incredible thing ever and it's so inspiring and it's just like changed me forever and so I feel like you know we all have these moments where a lot of us don't give ourselves like the luxury to say like okay well what do I want now like I wanted this at 20 or I wanted this at 30 like but what do I want now and who am I now and so I love that you just like fully embrace that you know in every sense of the word yeah I was like, if not now, when, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you mentioned about like being in these spaces with women too, because really like I had been going at it alone. I mean, forever, but also in my spiritual journey on my, you know, ascension path on my betterment path, I had been going at that alone for yeah. the first year. And it wasn't until I joined Julia's mastermind back in May that I was like forced to show up in a space and show my vulnerable side. And I remember I heard Amy Lerbati mention something about a sisterhood wound last spring in PPLM. And I was like, Oh, glad I don't have one of those. That seems like real bad. <laughs> and then a week later I was like, Oh, all of this is my sisterhood wound. Okay. Let's heal this. And being in that space with 30 other women, other badass digital Queens who are also showing up, and feeling like failures and crying and seeking support and going through personal stuff and showing up totally vulnerable and having me be able to show up and cry on a Zoom call, which is my least favorite thing. I hate it all the time. And yet I do it on 80% of Julia's calls. Um, It also, I feel so much better afterward. And I've like said my truth and I have 40 messages of support in the chat box. And I'm able to like climb out of this and be seen in my healing. And that has just accelerated so much for me personally. And as the personal has accelerated, so has the business. 
Yeah. And I love, I'm like definitely a recovering like people pleaser and overachiever, but I just love the way that Julia talks about doing it messy and just like proves that you can just like really be yourself. (laughs) I like woke up today and I was like, oh my God, I got three podcasts scheduled. Heather Hartman messaged me and it was like half an hour into our time. And I was like, I'm just waking up having coffee. (laughs) So we had to reschedule. Um, But I love that. Like I, instead of like beating myself up, I was like, okay, like how can I make this work? Or you have to tell some people no, like I didn't book a calendar. It's election day. There's no school. So, I mean, since it is election day, like what the hell? Like, what do you think? (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Um, You know, I usually like sort of bring it out to the macro on these things and talk about like the divine feminine revolution. Um, And and to me, that's like something that's really like happening. It's been happening, but Mm -hmm it kind of like comes to this culmination point in 2021, which thank God is like right around the corner. Yeah. And I really do believe we're moving, I'm going to get all ascension-y on us, but I really do believe we're moving into like a new place in the universe where like the energies are much more supportive of like emotion and intuition and healing and all these things that I'm obsessed with and love. You're speaking my language, baby. (laughs) I mean, you know, you can totally ramp, but I also want to ask you, like, what would be your vision for the future? Like all of these like things that you've stripped away that have been patriarchal bullshit. Like, you know, what if like, you know, our daughters just like didn't learn those things. Exactly. I'll be like, exactly. Yeah. Like I truly also believe as ugly as this dumpster fire is and as scary as like the fear monologues are about this, like this is the crumbling of what hasn't worked for thousands of years. Like this is, this is it. This is us moving into, call it the matriarchy, call it, you know, just balance, whatever it is, like this new earth, this new way of living, like this is what's happening. And so of course, as all of the old systems are being threatened, like they're getting louder and they're getting wilder. Like when the bully the school bully starts getting stood up to like they get meaner first right before they before they become overpowered but like I can feel into the future where it's a totally different way of life and it seems closer than it like whatever thought possible like I see a future where people are kind to each other and people have compassion for each other and we're one human species and we take care of each other and everyone has enough food and everyone has enough money and everyone has healthcare and everyone is taken care of and people don't have so much pain inside of them that they need to inflict it upon others. And so I feel like there's so much going on, but really when humans are allowed to heal what has been broken and passed onto them through generations, that's when we can truly rise above this as a human species. So I, my, my, um, intro line for like, whatever, a couple of years has been like, I believe the world can be a much more collaborative and compassionate place. And I know that more women in power is the key to that. And so that's why my superpower is powering up powerful women. And I spent a lot of time in, um, in the Silicon Valley space, helping women who are like badass tech women pussify their lives. And now I'm switching over to help pussy queens and new entrepreneurs and digital, digital startup hoes and single moms and all the people who are starting it from scratch to up level and build their businesses with pleasure, with ease, without completely draining their cup. Because especially as moms, like 
I don't, I don't even have two hours a day to work on my business all the time. Definitely not uninterrupted. Right. And so, um, to be able to give women the power, their own power, but they've been told they don't have it for so long, their own power to create something that will make them enough money to feed their family and do something that they truly love and are passionate about. Like we can all make money for being ourselves and living our fullest, most authentic life. And we just believe that we haven't, we don't have the permission slip to do that, but we can. And so my goal is to help women see that, help women make shit tons of money because, you know, sure. I wish we didn't live in a money society, but we do capitalism, blah, blah, blah. Let's just get rich. And there's the power. I love you're doing a challenge for your mastermind and you had like, if you were going to spend the 10K today, yeah. I would totally just straight up spend it all in a hot tub, salt, <laughs> base, hot tub. I got a little gift of that, put it on there. But oh then my God. Get up to what, like 100K and then a million? Yeah, tomorrow's 100K. So today you get 10K, spend it however you want. I already see you in your salt water hot tub. I'll be there. Thanks for inviting yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, I got to be yeah, there then, so. Exactly. <laughs> And then tomorrow is a hundred K and the next day is a million. And so it's like getting into the energy. Like, you know, when I was in a space where my company wasn't making money and uh, my savings were ticking away, like I would be like, Oh, it'd be nice to go to Joshua tree, but I can't. Oh, I would love to take that course, but I can't. I wish I had green juice every day, but I can't. And that, but I can't energy is what I was stuck in for so long, but playing this game where it's like, I have $10,000 yeah, I can have green juice every day for a year. Oh, I'm having three massage. Like getting in that yes energy and feeling in it is what allows that to come to you and into your experience. So yeah, this is the game I play with all my clients. Even the ones who are like, I literally have a client who she's like, oh, we have to take our cheap jag to the VC meetings. I'm like, there's no such thing as a cheap Jaguar. And she like, it still thinks she's living paycheck to paycheck. So it's like, it's all mindset at whatever level you're at. Right. And so I was using this to help her crack open and call in that yes energy. And within a few weeks, she had a buyer for her company. She was able to sell her company for $10 million, retire. And then she quickly started another new company, but, (laughs) but one that was much more aligned with where she was at this point in time, not what she should have been doing. So it's, it's amazing. It makes you feel good. It calls in your juiciest desires. And as Becca said, she's like, I'm just making a list and then I'm just going to send it to my assistant. Once I have $10,000, she's going to buy everything on there for me. Like done. (laughs) Why do you think the self-sacrificing thing is so deep for women? And like, what is this thing of really like being enough? Cause I mean, I know I've written like so many mindset pages of like, I'm enough. This is enough. It's working. You know, trust. Like why is that such a core wound for us? Do you think? I think it's part of the sisterhood thing. Like if she's succeeding, I'm not, there's only, you know, again, our value is like in what men if men want us, right? So if this woman is sexy, then that means I need to take her down in order to get the approval. Like it's, I don't believe this bullshit, but this is like the society and the culture that's been perpetuated. So there's this deep, deep level, this default level of like, if she's successful, I won't be. And same thing with motherhood. Like some, if someone's baking the organic, vegan, gluten-free, fair trade, whatever cookies, like then immediately everyone else just feels like shit. And, um, and I forgot where I was headed with this, but it's, it's this, like this default that we're given. Yeah. I mean, I think comparison truly is like the thief of joy. I actually were 
it reminds me of, I just watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, which mm-hmm. that's frightening and made yeah. me want to like double down on my coaching practice to be like, oh my gosh, like they need us as coaches yeah. and visionary leaders and revolutionaries yeah. more than ever because yeah. I know my feed can be triggering, but it's, it's all like amazing women, like living their dream life. And so, yeah, yeah you can get over that sisterhood wound comparison itis piece and just say like, if she can have it, I can have it. That's kind of my affirmation just yeah. like, and, uh, you know, give them congratulations. And like, that's amazing that you have it, you know, mine's coming. <laughs> mine's here. And I, I've like flipped it also to like, when I am calling in something really big, when I see other people getting things that are like aligned with that, I take that as a sign from the universe that it's coming to me. Like, cha-ching, look, this person has it. You can have it too. This person has it. You can have it too. Not this person got that contract. That means you'll never get it. It's like the universe saying yes to me. So being able to switch that is like, has been super helpful because the default is just to be like, well, fuck you, bitch. You got that. But like, there's enough for all of us. Right. And the more we can truly celebrate our sisters, the more we're celebrating ourselves. Yeah. I love that. So like you do, I think some very like goddessy things, but I don't know if you identify with that term, but um, you do like dance for the revolution, you know, you play around with nudity, like tell yeah. us about what it's like to get visible in those ways. Oh my gosh. Yes. So hard. I was like always the person in the locker room turning around to put my bra on. <laughs> I'm like three people have seen my boobs. I mean, not anymore, but that was the story. <laughs> um but it's all this reclamation. Like I, when I was breastfeeding, I felt, felt scared and nervous and anxious every time I was breastfeeding in public. And like my dad and brother made me feel gross and weird about it. And I like, once I realized that my shame around showing my body was from my dad and brother in childhood and society, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, these are my boobs. Like I can show them to anyone. And like, also on the side of uh, the other side of that was like reclaiming the fact that my body is my own. Like my body is not here for the enjoyment of men. My body is here for the enjoyment of me. And I had been carrying so much shame around for so long from, you know, whether it's just cat calls or creepy dudes or whatever, like whenever someone had been creepy about my body, I had like carried it and carried it as shame and sheltered myself. And so when I had been weeding that off and letting all of that shame go around my own body and around being seen, I was like, I am free. I just feel free. And I don't feel comfortable being naked in spaces, but me showing up as this free person will allow others to get a glimpse of that and feel that same way too. So it's like that fear thing. Like, I don't want to go get naked, but you're in towards it. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling fear about it and I'm getting called to it. So fine pussy. I'll take my shirt off. <laughs> you made me do it. Right. <laughs> um, I love the breastfeeding part because that was like such a huge well, first for me, it was like the natural birthing. I was like, I'm a superwoman. And then breastfeeding, I was like, oh my God, like these, these are like incredible, like miracles that are here to sustain life. And they're like amazing to look at, but like, hello, like I can feed a person from this. And it was such a, like a powerful, I don't know, like, um, embodiment, um, and, you know, my background is a psychologist. And so there's so much research about objectification. And when we get those like shame, you know, there's secrecy around it. We like, 
carry that stuff that our, our issues are in our tissues. Um, And then objectification actually like takes us out of body. And that's why I think the pussy power work is so important and so powerful because literally it's like becoming re-embodied and, um, you know, the power obviously of like the women, the feminine gaze versus the male gaze and reclaiming it like on our own terms and sort of taking the thing that like did us wrong and making it right by doing it the way we want to do it. Right. Yes, exactly. You just put it into exact words or whatever, whatever the hell I've been doing for the past year. (laughs) I love it, but it does give so many people like permission to just like go for it. And, um, that there's nothing about you that's shameful or wrong and that you really can be visible um, and be loved, you know? I think one thing that I sometimes struggle with is like, I'll do like a provocative post or I'll do something that's like really edgy for me and then it like won't get any likes and then people be yeah. like, ah, <laughs> you know, die. Uh-huh. So I think it's like, sometimes those provocative things, like people are like, oh, I don't know what to say about that, you know? Cause it's such an edge. It's like, you're going first, you're the leader. Like, yeah. And so it's one of those things that I think sometimes the silent posts are like maybe the most powerful ones of all. (laughs) Totally. Totally. I mean, yeah, I remember um, Jillian had told me that I was like triggering to people and I'm like, I'm triggering little old me. Like I'm scared of everything too. But it's like, yeah, I really like when I can look back over my past year of growth and just see how much has changed and how much has happened, it's like, yeah. And, and again, triggers are a blessing. So if whatever I'm triggering in someone, I'm shaking it loose and allowing them to start exploring that within themselves, whether it's with me getting naked at dance for the revolution or not, um, it's a good thing. And I, I did a fear inventory like back in May and it was like, four pages front and back long about like my fear all my fears of massive success and I think like 80% of them were about triggering other people and so it was that day that the shame and the fear of triggering other people died I was like I will not make decisions about my success and my future based on the potential of triggering other people because I'm going to trigger other people in one way or another or people are going to think what they're going to think one way or another I might as well live the best goddamn life I can live here on planet earth (laughs) I love that and sometimes I'll watch um more like masculine coaches you want to say hey (laughs) this is Luna here you really can't have it all you can be stay-at-home mom in it and starting revolutions I'm not going to school today yeah so um I think it's interesting it is thank you um so it is really like like no man would be like oh people will judge me that I'm a millionaire (laughs) right like I mean you would never see a man do that and yet like I do think that that's such a huge thing for women because to be a woman millionaire to be a woman CEO to be a woman business owner and create wealth like that really still is new and revolutionary and that like more and more women are doing it every single day and it's great yes Yeah. And I think, um, a lot of what I found with my Silicon Valley clients, the ones driving their cheap Jag is they like have to cut down how much money they're making when they're in a talking of other women because of that sisterhood wound. They're afraid that they're going to get taken down if they're like the shiniest one in the room. So mm-hmm. there is like no talk of success or money or bragging mm-hmm. in that culture. It's more like who can show up at the table and say that they're having the most money problems or be the most in debt. And like, that's their kind of badge of honor. It was very interesting. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that plays out with like mindset manifestation that they're kind of like working in the negative? Is it just because it's more like corporate or? Oh yeah. So, I mean, this is, um, 
several people who were not my clients. So it definitely manifested them to continue those spirals and to continue attracting that debt. Um, but then the clients that I scooped up, that's who could actually change that, their mindset and manifestation. And so they went from living paycheck to paycheck with their cheap jag to being able to sell their company. Wow. But yeah, but the, but the toxic environment, what they came from, I mean, in the, in the Silicon Valley world, it's tech bro central. So like, oh yeah, you don't want to be the shiny woman in the room, like bringing in, bringing in bucks and upsetting dudes everywhere. So yeah, yeah. but, it, but that's just a reminder of like, yeah, the tech industry needs to be pussified. Hollywood needs to be yes. pussified. like everything needs to be pussified. And now is the time. Yeah, I think that's so true. And for me, like, you know, I spent, I don't know, 15 years in school, like getting a PhD, like all of my 20s. And then, like, I got married at 30, like right on my timeline, right? (laughs) You know, it's time to pop out a baby or whatever. And so it's like, um, I think I, after academia, like, I was so sick of like men controlling me, my, my professors. And I mean, I had some amazing women professors, but like advisors and whatnot. And then just like the bullshit bureaucracy that I was like, get me the hell out of there. I'm going to work for myself. And it was just like the most freeing thing ever to be able to like, take a sick day to stay home with my kid, like to bring my kid to breastfeed my kid, you know, like whatever I needed to do. And so I think even coaching is like the next layer of that because the price point is so much higher. Um, All y'all therapists listening, you need to become coaches because you're underselling yourself. Um, taking 70 bucks from an insurance company. So (laughs) Um, maybe that'll be part of my mission is to inspire the therapist to charge a little bit more. But, you know, that I think that business framework is so great, especially if you do have a family, because I think part of why our society is kind of fucked is that the family fell apart. Um, And so to be able to have really like have it all, have time for your kids, do the podcast, make the money, you know, change the world order and like really to be able to have it all, like that is the solution. Absolutely. And our village, like bringing the village back in, which honestly, these quarantine pods, like people are creating their own villages. Oh, I love that. That's so, yeah. I lost most of my village through the quarantine issues. We have like local grandparents and stuff, but because of quarantine, you know, they were like less available. And so that was definitely like a hit to the business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bunch right as COVID hit. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, I can't finish any of this stuff. Uh, oh, good. Oh, it's- 60 hours a week solo parenting. Okay, I can yeah. do that. Sure. <laughs> oh my God, the dishes, like the cooking. Like I know. That's bad. what I'm spending my $10,000 on today. Someone to come over every day and do my dishes, set out my dinner, make me a smoothie for the next day and clean up my house and tuck me into bed. <laughs> I love it. And you know, like that is totally doable, you know, right? like, for what you're charging an hour, like it makes sense to pay someone else to do those things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So any other final, just like, you know, wishes for the world, like vision for the future um, yeah. on this historic day? Ooh, yeah. On this day in particular, I just hope that we can all take a moment and find that centered stillness and inner knowing inside of us because it's loud out there. It's wild out there. And it feels like hopeless but within all of this crumbling disaster of a dumpster fire is like are these diamonds ready to just emerge and so for everyone out there who is like thinking of making a switch or doing something different or following their passion a little bit more or is wondering like could I do the thing that I really want to do and make enough money like now is the fucking time to take that 
leap. And so that is my wish is that everyone who is desiring that big, beautiful, bold life that they're so scared to start that now they take that leap today, whatever the fuck happens in the U.S. national election, we all have total control and sovereignty over our own selves and our own path. Yeah, my wish is for like a woman president, like not vice president, not secretary of state. Like, can we just mm-hmm. finally have a woman candidate for president that makes it yeah. in? Because uh, I really thought coming into 2021 that we would have that happening. So, uh, I mean, yeah. we'll see what plays out. Maybe there's still a chance, but, <laughs> you know, uh, I think we're ready for it. And I think it would be ready for it. Oh my gosh, it would be like so refreshing. Um, so uh, tell us, like, you're amazing. Tell us, you've got a mastermind. What are all the ways to work with you? Where do we go? Yeah, so my um, mastermind came after all of this, um, my one-on-one, working with my Silicon Valley one-on-one clients. And so I wanted to make something that was more at a price point for people just starting out or people that were like just ready to like dive into their businesses. So I created the mastermind and it is a small group program with access to me one-on-one and it's six months and it is a beautiful, powerful accelerator of a container. So people who are ready to like double down on their business, commit to themselves and let me hold you like a sweet little baby and slap your butt when you need a little pick me up. (laughs) Um, This is the place. And so I'm giving all the insight and strategy and like cookie cutter templates for people so that they like can't get it wrong. Like this month we're planning out our social media, here's all the insight you need, as well as all of the emotional and, um, you know, celebrating and cheerleading support. And we're also doing private dance for the revolution. I'm doing private power boost energy work every month. Um, it's going to be amazing. So it's especially for busy moms, but also for badass creatives, people outside the coaching space who are like, I know I want to create my series in Hollywood or have my band explode to the next level. And I want to pussify it, but I'm not exactly sure how, um, I help creatives all the time. So creatives are my other, my other little bread and butter too. So the mastermind starts December 1st. Um, and I have the link right there, but if you're interested in, um, joining and letting people just pay what they want for their deposit, whatever feels good and comfortable for them. And then the first payment doesn't come out till December 1st. So I've had someone pay me the full amount. Someone pay me their last $16. Like you can pay me whatever you need to solidify your spot and start the energy flow to getting into this magic. So if you like the mags magic and you want to work with me and skyrocket your business, then get at me. Do you have a group or a website you want to plug to? Um, no, I just have the mastermind form. I mean, okay, you know, I, I don't know even if that's up to date because I'm doing it messy, baby, doing it messy. <laughs> I feel that. And I'm actually doing the pre-launch to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Um, so join the launch squad. I'll put the link below as well. You can win all kinds of free prizes. You can be on the podcast, blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. And we're all working together to create this awesome divine feminine revolution that's happening. Even if it looks like a shit show, it's working. That's just like, you know, the mystification. (laughs) It's working. (laughs) It's totally working. Trust. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks so much. And we'll catch you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the divine feminine revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. 
Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.